Welcome back to Rebound with Resilience, a podcast dedicated to raise your resilience, mindset, and mental wellness. On this episode, to talk about an extremely relevant topic to millennials and youth on how to define your own success and pursue your passion despite pressure, despite uncertainty. We have with us a passionate, industrious, multi-talented actor, student, entrepreneur, Genevieve Tan. Hi guys! Nice to meet all of you. <laughs> also known as Jen Bong X99. Jenny Bong's 99. Oh, Je- Jenny Bong's 99. That's a pay now. That's a pay now account. I okay, was confused. Don't reveal that to everybody. Oh, oh sorry. Why? Why not? People can pay now you, you know? Okay, sure. Especially when they think that pay now you Okay, for some context, I was actually giving, paying Jen some money because we have a special, I'll introduce you properly in a while, but I want to introduce something that's an extension of you. Yes. <laughs> It's none other than... Wow, I'm so excited to review this. My new Kairos Spotify frame. <laughs> Look at this beautiful... Oh, I was going to compliment myself. As a oh. This, and I thought it was a frame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the frame is great. The frame is great. Uh, but you can see this is uh, kind of a, a Spotify frame of my own uh, podcast. It's quite interesting. So Jen, actually, we're doing a collaboration. Yes. We're doing a collaboration with Kairos Frames. It's actually, you want to talk about briefly about it? What, what do you do? Right. So Kairos Frames is actually um, a business that I kickstarted last year. And basically what we do is we produce Spotify acrylic music albums. And so this is a way, um, I love doing handicrafts. And so I think that this is definitely a way that I can spread joy to people um, yeah. through making handicraft gifts you know and you know like personalized gifts it really just adds a new dimension of uniqueness yeah. to um the recipient right yeah. so i hope that you know like through this i can spread smiles to people and actually right if you look here there is like a spotify code oh, yes. and you can actually scan it and let's, it leads straight to kevin's podcast let's do it now jen why not you do the honors sure do you have a you, phone with you <laughs> okay i need to grab my phone okay yes <laughs> this you. is this is okay, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, you know, you know, it's quite funny because when I first did this, right, I was scanning the QR code reader. Yeah, okay. I mean that's that is that's definitely some... like a common mistake. Okay. People don't really know about it, but when people find out about it, they're like, wow, yeah, yeah, actually that. can scan using on the go. Yeah, it's quite cool. yeah. Okay, so basically you just go to Spotify, you go to the camera, and then you need to click camera. I like, will put yeah. it in the bit, edit it in. Uh. And then here you go. Are you following? Elite straight. Not following my podcast. Oh. Followed. I just That's followed. it. <laughs> this, this, this is the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, kidding. but I mean, a, you can see it leads straight to like sure. all of his podcasts. So it's a good like memorial for him. Like, so like whenever you're like, okay, let me look at all the episodes that I did. And then you just like, yeah, yeah, look it's at pretty this cool. I think, I think it's pretty cool because I think uh, we he over here in Rebound Resilience, we talk a lot about like resilience being not just internal, but like, external factors as well. Yeah. Like the strength of your social connections. And so I talk a lot about making people feel valued. It's actually at the back of my board there. Like one of my core values is help making people feel special and valued. Right. And I think this is one great way to do it. Yes. Personalized gifts. Yeah. It's not just my face. Like, huh? it, can yeah. be, it can be multiple things. Like, yeah. It can be your family. It can be your partner. Whatever. Yeah. And there are different designs as well. We'll link it up. I think it serves as a yeah. declaration to many individuals as well. Sure. Like I ask people to, you know, like personalize messages to encourage people when they're gifting someone. Sure. And so like in these moments, like, you know, like when you look at a, at a reminder, a keepsake reminder on your desk, right? Um, it definitely serves as like a positive encouragement to yourself as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we will go into the details uh, later on in the podcast about the collaboration and everything. Uh, the link is below. So you can check it out. But with every $30 you spend on this, 
you get two dollars off exclusive to listeners. And even if you listen to it like one year later <laughs> and then you listen to this, hopefully the promotion is still yes. on so it's infinite. <laughs> Uh, so yes, okay. That, that was the longest introduction we did on the podcast so far. Uh, but that's, I think it's worthwhile. So we're going to do something very important. The reason why I actually got this right, the more important reason is that I finally have a stand for this stupid thing that keeps flowing around. Okay, you never realize, right? You all never realize you've been using a makeshift stand like forever. It's actually a G-Shock G box. <laughs> okay, I didn't even know you needed an acrylic stand. Yeah, so this is, this is the moment of truth. But can, I, I, I mean, let's try if it fits. Okay, let's see. Hey. This is be taken with care. I will put it in. Okay, let's, fingers crossed. This is a moment, man. All of you supporters, like maybe like 10 of you. <laughs> 10 supporters. Let's see whether it works. Let's see whether this works. <gasps> wow! Hey, look Perfect. at Ida's face. You cannot see Ida's face now, but you know he's very happy because this thing is always pissed out of uh, production uh, you know, framing. Wow, okay. <laughs> this is not just my frames, but my stance as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess we can go into the podcast finally. Uh, we're not here to talk about just about frames. Uh, we're going to talk about, like I said, <laughs> uh, how Jen eventually started. By this company as well. Yeah. I know you're a student in NUS business. And you business. Are, I was, I was, I was going to... Yeah, I was going to correct myself. Really. NTU <laughs> business. Never do research uh, for you. No! Okay, fine, fine. It's yeah, even now. Even now. But um, yeah, NTU business. And uh, yeah, she does a lot of things on the side. And you have a very... Quite a fascinating story as well. Like you went to JC. And then you didn't do well in your A's. And then eventually you had to go to poly. Yeah. Uh, okay, lah. It's not very uncommon, but it's still not. It's rare that people. Yeah. Do I that. get to experience the best of both worlds. Okay. <laughs> so yes, we are, we are today. We're gonna talk about, uh, really about your journey in pursuing passion, about the struggles, uh, and of course like defining success, lah, which yeah. I think is a really really important topic in today's society, right? Definitely. Right, defining your own success because success is defined by so many things, except our own kind of values and our own authenticity. Um, and uh, Jen is somebody that, uh, yeah, even though I joke around, oh, I forgot to mention as well, she's also a woman of faith. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's a core part of your identity. Definitely. You yeah. call you a Proverbs 31 <laughs> woman. Uh, uh, I, I, know it's I, big, mean. I know it's jargon, but it basically Proverbs 31 is like, uh, everyone quotes it, lah, right? It's like a typical... <laughs> it's what I aspire to be. Yes. Ideal Christian uh, woman. There's a verse, I think chapter 18, not chapter 18, yeah, 31, 18. Her lamb burns late into the night. And her dealings are profitable. <laughs> so yeah, I hope that that line uh, represents her in some sense. But yeah, we're also going to talk about faith, religion, yeah. and, and something that we haven't explored on the podcast, religion as well as resilience. Yeah. So really look forward to it because a lot of uh, interesting stuff we're going to talk about today. Okay, enough of me babbling. babbling. Uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, so we're going to start off with maybe introducing uh, your schooling days, right? Your schooling days before we talk about uh, how you eventually defined your own success. Uh, so talk to me about your interesting schooling life. Yes. Okay. So um, I was actually from RGPS. Okay. Then after that, I went to RGS. So, um, you know, like... Basically, she's smart. La. No. Extremely uh, smart. No. Okay. So basically, yeah. um, when you're in RGS, it's mm. sort of an integrated program. So you go straight to RJC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
when I was in RGS, like I already knew that I was going to go into RGC and I didn't have like O levels or anything like that. Um, well, we'll, we'll dive um, deeper yeah. into the details later. But I think so in RGS, it was a kind of like moment where I realized that um, I didn't really just like, you know, I didn't really like studying. Um, I was not really an exams person. Every time like I went into the exams hall, I would sort of like blank out, even though I might have like studied hard for it. Mm. Um, and I realized, you know, along you know, along the journey in RGS that there were many other things that were keeping me alive. There were many other things that I was passionate about. And it was a journey, you know, as a, as a girl who just like entered puberty and stuff, discovering who I was, mm. discovering like what really made me me and what were things that were driving my life. Um, and some of that includes like the current passions that I'm chasing as well, which is like um, content creating, acting, yeah. um, designing, you know, th these were just some of the things that were keeping me alive. Yeah. And um, when I went to JC, I was like, ah, like, you know, it's yet another like journey that another studying journey that you have to go through. Right. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I wish I could go, I wish I could like hurry get out of it mm. and people were telling me like oh you know like uni will be fine because like uni is a place that you know if you're interested in communications for example that's where you could pursue it mm. um but however I didn't do very well I, for I cut you off Jen a little bit sure. like, because my, my apologies I don't usually because <laughs> I want to explore a little bit about your primary school first because sure. I found it very interesting before we get into the juicy parts right uh we give you a bit of context anyway I didn't I felt like I didn't give you justice as an introduction but you are uh, she's also a really good content creator and actor as well. Uh, so she does really multiple things. But I want to go back into, you, you were mentioning where you really had a very clear identity and your dreams. Yeah. Even from a young age, like comparatively to others. Yeah. And like you were basically, I wrote down here, I wrote them being different in a factory of robots. Wow. In a factory <laughs> of robots. Yeah, because technically schools are factories, right? I mean, in some sense, you put in raw material and then you process it and then you get a so-called like prime product. And a lot of people going through at least RGS that program will have a certain set path or a certain culture that yeah, they're working towards. Definitely. But you you kind of stood out from young. I want to find out like what was it about it? Was it part personality? Was it environment? And how did that manifest? Uh, because you shared that you also created a dream board and everything. Yeah. So yeah, talk about yeah. How, it, how, it, how it manifested. So actually, since I was in primary yeah. school, I went for a lot of motivational camps. Okay. I was just like a typical primary school nerd where... <laughs> like every week okay. right I'm like the top of like the library readers yeah. you know like I'll read like 16 books in a week kind of thing and I will really like oh, do Xizi you know what Xizi is like I will like read the book and then I'll copy exactly so okay. that it can improve like my vocabulary so I was that primary school nerd okay, okay. okay so I, I did I, I definitely did relatively well in mm. PSLE um, but I think uh, 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 what actually drove me also as a primary school kid was yep. like the motivational camps that I attended. So I used to be a motivational trainer in Adam Koo as well. Mm -hmm. And that was actually also where I attended the camps um, as a participant myself. Yeah, so since young, uh, since I was in primary school, I already had like a, a life chart plated um, I had a life chart that was charted out. Mm -hmm. um, so I, and I was, when I was in primary school, I was like, okay, um, at this age, I'm like, when I take my PSLE, what score do I want to yeah. get? Um, what secondary school do I want to go to? And and so when I was a younger, I put like, okay, RGS, I want to get like above yeah, 260. Yeah, quite, quite insane. Yeah. yeah, then I want to go like RJC, then I wanted to go to NUS, and then like what my future like career is. Yeah, so okay. I had those things charted out. and Before 12. 
Yeah. Oh my. Okay. And I pasted it above my wall and I really looked at it and reminded myself every day, okay, like, no, this is where I'm driving towards. Okay. So I think since young, I was someone who was already very sure, driven. Sure. Um, I was driven by what I wanted to achieve in my life okay. um, and certain things that I wanted to pursue. So I guess that that really attributed to um, me knowing, you know, like okay. what are things that I wanted to do as compared to my peers. Okay. Was it parental factors? Was it more of just self self-related? Uh, Were your parents like, say, Jen, you need to be a certain kind of person? <laughs> Actually, no. I, I mean, I'm not sure how I turn out to be that okay. kind of primary school kid. Okay. But I think I just enjoyed the whole process of being driven. I okay. think it really started from like young, like from myself, just like picking up books and enjoying um, okay. to find out the more love about... love for learning. Right? Yes, yeah, the love for learning. Let's fast forward to a secondary school. You shared that you were doing multiple things and... Yeah also taking part in competitions where she got first in like the world. <laughs> Not even Singapore. Uh, what competition is that? Yeah, so that was Odyssey of the Mind. Okay. Um, so for, for you guys who don't know what that is, that's actually a creative problem-solving competition. Sure. Um, basically, they give you a problem and you're supposed to create like a solution out of it. Um, it was something that really, really shaped me as a person, the person that I am today, mm. because it really drove that creative thinking. So... Um, when I was in Odyssey of the Mind, I was an actress there as well as um, a fashion designer. So I made costumes out of like recycled materials okay. such as like apple wrappers, cardboard paper, yep. paint chips. These are just some of the things, you know. So, so to you, it might sound like, wow, what, what on earth can you do with those things, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, but okay. it really forces you to really adapt um, and be creative. You know, think out of the box. Like you're not just limited to a box. You have to think out of that. Sure. And yeah, so I represented Singapore for three years yeah. um, from secondary two to secondary four um, and definitely it was a it was a place that I spent a huge amount of my secondary school life um, in um, apart from that I also did youth for causes so basically I actually founded a um, children's cancer foundation project it's called the dreams work project so this project is actually still running but it's um, handed down to my juniors already um, so I worked with Children's Cancer Foundation to help raise money for like the beneficiary. Um, and I really wanted, you know, I'm someone who really cares about the community sure. and placing an emphasis that, you know, like while we might be privileged, mm. the needy is still there and we need to reach out to them. We need to um, extend that like helping hand to them. Okay. Yeah, so um, for me, when I founded this project, I wanted to make the dreams of cancer children patients um, work. Okay. Yeah. Wow, are you still running it? Sadly? I'm not oh, running it sure. now, okay. but yeah, no, it's, it's for my juniors. Yeah. Okay. Wow, okay. Um, I'm in a loss for words because I, I'm just very amazed at the things that you're doing at that age. Uh, and studies, what about studies then? Because uh, I know that, okay, one thing, just pause and just share like a kind of a tip for audience, right? Especially if you're studying is that like I was just talking to a sports psychologist before this yes. and he was saying that like you should facilitate failure to help you become more resilient to facilitate failure. So put yourself in situations where you challenge your creativity, where you feel in a controlled situation and you learn how to adapt. I think that really, really helps, especially when you're younger, to develop skills beyond just your textbook. So that, that was what you're about. But doing all these things, you are ultimately still a student. Yes. <laughs> and in so-called elite school, nonetheless, was there any pressure to perform grades-wise and how do you handle Definitely. that? Definitely. I think the pressure was really, really real. Um, in secondary school, mm. everybody is focused on, okay, like, you know, the next obvious mm. goal is JC. Okay. And after JC, the next obvious goal is getting into a university. And in a society like Singapore, where it's primarily driven by grades, right? Mm. 
that is the, the focus of um, everybody there. Right. Um. In in Raffles, um, we do believe in um raising more like multi talented people. Mm-hmm. So they do um expose us to like a variety of things that we can experiment with. But um, I guess my peers they were also primarily involved in the grades part of it. Um, it was challenging. I I can't deny that it wasn't setting like my food out. Um, and and wanting to challenge like the societal norms, mm-hmm. wanting to say that okay. Um, you know, the things that I'm passionate about, these are things that I want to take it further. These are things that I feel that it's what really drives me. Mm. Like when I open like, a, a, I, when I open like books to study, I'm just like, I read it and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and definitely, you know, being placed in the environment where everybody is really like smart. Yep. You know, um, it was okay. it was tough. Um, mm. definitely, there were a lot of comments about from people around me that said that you know, like Jen, do you know what you're doing? Mm. Why not you just like you know, like study hard and get your grades, and then you can do whatever you want in the yep. future. Yeah, yeah I, I did find it like you know, like um, a challenging situation where I had to balance like okay, um, it was it was it was those like growing up moments where you're like okay, mm. so what actually is important to you? Mm. You know, what are things what are what are things that I want to pursue now? Mm. Do I think at that age that if I am different from everybody else, that I can still be someone that I want to be in future? Mm. Yeah. So those were some of the questions that I had, you know, at, at those moments as well. But you, this, I mean, of course, we all face pressure from societal pressures, friends, uh, education, even. And I think this is the theme of the podcast. And why I made this theme of the podcast, right, is because there is something that really stands out for me when I speak to you. Like, how you're able to stay with your passion right despite the pressures around even despite all those things of course you cannot be 100% right but despite yeah. all those things you still kind of knew that you that this is what you wanted to do like you weren't super sweet to the point where you gave it up yeah right you were still doing all those things um i don't think i've ever given up on those dreams yeah yeah i i think i Okay, so when when it was like peak exam times, yeah. right? It was things that were motivating me. You know, it was okay. at the back of my mind and saying like, "Hey, you know, you can do this after exams." Okay. Um, but in the normal like curriculum, sure, these were things that were driving me on a daily basis. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's go into JC. Uh, we we went to the same JC. I'm not as intelligent as Jen. Okay, I DS it there. Okay, for those of you that don't know, I DS it for my tennis. Uh, and then no matter what, like, I get less than twenty points for O levels. I still manage to go in. So I was there uh, and I know that the environment there was pressurizing because everyone around you is really good at what they do, both in the yes. studies and beyond studies as well. Essays they were writing until now, I cannot write like that <laughs> at 17. Uh, yeah. So talk to me about yeah, your time in JC. I think um, being in Raffles Girls and then after like, transiting to Raffles Junior College, you kind of get used to the fact that you can never mm. be the best. Um, in terms of like intelligence, there's there's always someone out there that is like better than you. There was always like people who you look at them and you're just like intimidated. Yeah, okay, yeah. um, but I told myself, you know, like grades is just one aspect of our lives. Sometimes we place such a huge emphasis on grades that we allow it to overwhelm us so much that it's mm. it represents our entire identity. Yeah. But to me, my identity is far more than just letters on a report card. It, it's really your value, your self-worth and who you are as a person. And I began to recognize that already in junior college, you know, I began to take ownership of like the things that I was doing and I recognized that, okay, like these are things that represents me as a person mm. and, and, and faith as well. Definitely is an yep. integral part of my life. We'll talk about that soon. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, when I share with youth as well, right? Like when I talk about the concept of identity and self-worth, it's a core concept, especially at the age where they're figuring themselves out. And if they cannot find that cornerstone, they get swayed by multiple different pressures. Yeah. And that could lead possibly to issues with their mental health or more severe psychological issues. So it's, I mean, one factor, like again, consistent is that you had an anchor and something that you know, even beyond the external factors that, okay, I pride my worth on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's constant. That doesn't change. Um, that's it, right? Even with a strong personal foundation, uh, you took your A-levels yeah. and you did not do very well. Yes, <laughs> I didn't. Okay, and I just yeah. need to clarify because yeah. when people in like, when people in Raffles say they don't do well, okay, yeah, yeah. it's like I'm they usually get that. like Bs. But I, I think comparatively to them, I really didn't do well. I had yeah. like Ds and Es in my A-level results. Yeah. And that is very like, you know, yeah, far yeah. from it's, the norm it's, it's quite far, right? of um, Raffles people. Mm. Yeah. It's quite far. So uh, when that when you took the results slip, say Jen Wong, you know, sorry, just see lah, you and your friend. You know. Jen Tan, and then you go up to the teacher, right? And then you get the results slip. What was the first thing that went through your mind? Okay, you question so all your choices in the past okay, I mean, years. I, I don't know if you are going to include this in, but like, yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's insensitive, but sure. basically, um, there were actually like security guards at like my, like, okay, so basically it's like a hall, right? And everybody's yeah, yeah. queuing up for the A-level certs, like based on class. Mm. And at my class, there were like two security guards. Okay. And a security guard is there if you fail, like if you are, you need to retain in like, if you need to, if you fill your A levels okay. and you need to retain, okay. so they'll escort you to like another room to tell you to break the news to you. A security guard. Yeah, two Why security, guards. A security guard. Security guard. Is it an emotional counselor? Or um, I mean, it's just to like sort of escort them safely okay, to like okay. the room. That's so odd. I I mean, okay, okay there were two, and sure. I think <laughs> while waiting for my turn, I was really really afraid. Okay. okay? Um. Well, to be truthful with, with all of you, I don't. I, I already knew that. You no, know, I had a feeling that okay, I wouldn't do well for my A levels, and okay. I was very, very scared. Um, when I saw the security guards, I was like, "Crap! Like, please don't let that be me." Mm. Okay. Um, when I took my grades, thankfully enough, um, I didn't fail mm. any subjects, but it was bad enough that it really made me speechless because. Mm. I was like, I knew, you know, what the benchmark was in getting into local universities. Okay. And I knew, you know, I wanted to pursue like communications. Yeah. I wanted to pursue like mass media. Right. And I saw those grades and I was like, it's the end. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, like my dreams, are, my dreams were like crashed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you this before, but I think at, at those moments, at, at that very moment, I didn't even have like tears mm-hmm. because I just, I think a lot of questions was running through my head. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like the question of like, so everything that I did, everything mm. that I was passionate about, yeah. is it worth it? Mm. Because at the end of the day, the society still looks at that grade, mm. right? University still looks at like your A-level results in order to, to get you into like the uni of your choice, right? And I was like, you know, I was really at a place of brokenness. I was at a place of what do I do now? Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about that process of recovery for the lack of a better word or how you moved on from there. For me, I think people know my story. I mean, of course, if you're most probably here for Jen, uh, but just a bit of my story, we don't know. I also did badly in my A's. I think I had anxiety and then I had a mental block and I got a U for math. So I handed out blank papers and uh, 
even before I took my A-level results, it was really bad. Yeah. It was really bad to a point where I had depressive thoughts, yeah. thinking of taking my own life. And I struggled with my mental health for a long period after because my identity crumbled. The difference between you and me is that I did not... I, I had a very clear dream of what I wanted to be as well. Uh, but, um, okay, actually it's very similar. I also had a very clear dream of what I wanted to be. And because I pride my identity on that and I felt that I could no longer achieve that anymore, yeah. uh, it was very devastating. Uh, so... Can you share a bit about like how you kind of bounce back from that from then on? Okay, I think to me, I always see setbacks as something that I can definitely get through. Mm. Um, I don't see set, setbacks as something that is inconquerable. Okay. But I mean, for me, for my, for my faith, right, as yeah. a Christian, um, I know that like there is a better plan for me. I know that there is something that at the end of like everything, but I mean, definitely, you know, being human, like having yeah. all those like raw emotions that like rips through your mind at that yeah, point of yeah. time, it definitely is challenging. Yeah. You know, like comparing myself to my rest of my peers, I'm like, okay, so what is next for me? Sure. You know, and also that that factor of pride, you know, yeah. like being able to answer to people when people ask you, you know, how do you do? You don't want to say, oh, I, I did badly. Mm. That's just a pride thing. And I struggled with that. I struggled with that pride, Um, being able to put down my pride and say, yeah, I did badly, but this is something that I'm going to take in my stride and I'm going to work towards the future that I want. Okay. Um, I think faith was definitely an integral part in helping to carry me through because mm. I knew that um there was that um like there was God's strength that could ca- mm. then carry me through as well, and I also saw it as a place that I could. I think from those moments because I was a cell leader in junior college, mm. so um to the rest of my cell group mates who did badly, I saw it as a way that I could be an inspiration and an encouragement to them. That okay, you know, it's it's not the end of things. Okay. Um. Definitely, there was still that battle of like, ah, uh, like, what's next? Mm. Then there was also that end on, of me on, on more positive days where I'm like, okay, Jen, we can do this. Mm. You know, we will get better and things will get better. Sure. Yeah, I think it balancing all of that. Mm. Um, should I talk about my poly journey? Yeah, I, I will, I'm going to yeah. that. So like, you know, I think, uh, actually I want to explore faith a little bit in a sure. while. So just take uh, wait for that. Uh, but it, it is true having a personal foundation where even... Um, not just in uh, not just in Christianity, but in general, if you have a specific faith and you believe in a higher power, uh, research does show that that gives you an kind of a uh, it's a strong case. Okay, let me let me quote it now. Uh, according to like studies in Abrahamic faiths, so for context, because a lot of studies is done in the Western world where it's mostly like Abrahamic faiths, which means that like, the Prophet Abraham was featured in like Islam. So as Judaism, he was there. So that's why we call it Abrahamic faiths. And he shared that there's a strong inverse correlation between religious commitment and depression. Right? In simple terms, it means you're more religiously committed. Depression levels are less. Uh, because uh, at least one of the factors is that you have a personal foundation and you know your worth is not tied to variables. So that helps. But there's also a downside to that, which, which I may explore a little bit later. But going into... Uh, Poly, right? So, so one of your options is that, okay, like how, how did that even come about? Like, okay, I'm yeah. going to go into poly. Okay, so basically, when I was laying out my options, yeah. right, I was like, okay, um, go into a private uni yeah. or you want, or should I go into like poly? 
uh, poly was sort of like my last choice. Um, just to backtrack a little bit is because um, I was currently doing an internship at the Smart Local. And that was my dream. That was my dream um, since I was in secondary two, you know, when they first like sort of started like booming. Those were the things that were driving me every week because um, they're all about like um, discovering a new side of Singapore, right? Mm. And for me, um, I wanted like in since secondary since secondary two, my mission was like, okay, um, to tell people that Singapore is not just a little red dot. So I went on adventures like every week. I explored like wow. every alley um, around Singapore. Got so much time. Uh. Wow, this girl uh, <laughs> studying, then you're playing soccer as well, right? I was playing soccer so in So suddenly you soccer, soccer as well. And then you're yeah. exploring on the weekends. Yeah. Um, yeah, and definitely church as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are things that it made me look forward to life. Okay, okay. It made me go like, okay, you know, there is something like yeah, more than just study. Week, wow, well, I, week, I was so stressed in GC. I didn't have <laughs> time to do anything, but okay. Yeah, and then- so... Um, yeah, and, and so in JC, I was also like in acting school. Mm. Yep, so I also did acting school like on weekends. And those were just like some things that were like keeping me going. Okay. Yeah, so um, being able to land that internship in the smart local, it was something that I had dreamed of for years. Mm. And you know, like consider even considering the option of going into poly, that means that my dream would be disrupted. And to top it off with like my poor A-level results of that fear of not knowing what's ahead, the fear of not knowing, okay, like, can I even end up in a university? What's going to happen next? Um, those were all like things that were like tying me down. And when I weighed the options, I was like, I when I applied for the poly um, application, I was really hesitant. I was, I didn't want to do it. Mm. Okay. I was like, I really don't. I put on my pride. I said, okay, you know, if it's God's plans for me, let's do it. Mm. I applied for it. Um, fast forward, I got rejected by a, one of the polys that I applied for. Um, that poly was very well known for the course that I wanted to go. Mm. And when I got the application letter- I'm I, surprised yeah. that they rejected you, by the way. <laughs> when I got the rejection letter, I was like, <sighs> what's next? Mm. You know, because you did badly in A-levels, you know that you sort of like your dream like internship is yeah. going to sort of be disrupted. And then I got rejected by Polly. And I was like, I was really weighing all the options and I was like, you know, what am I going to do now? Yeah, like, yeah. I can't, I couldn't believe it. I think yeah. I, I was trying, I was trying very hard to come to terms with it, mm. but I couldn't. And so I just clung to my faith. I was like, okay, you know, God, only you have the best plans for me and I will hold on to that. Mm. So I waited, I waited. Um, soon after I got um, uh, um, acceptance from Singapore Poly. So I actually went to this course that did drama as well as psychology. So it was like applied psychology with drama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, um, it wasn't like communications, but it was also like areas that I was passionate about, um, mm-hmm. like acting and, you know, finding out more about like um, the human mind. So I was like, okay, and then there began the journey of resign. Um, uh, then there began the journey of terminating my internship. You know, telling my boss that okay, like this is like the reality of things. I have to leave because I need to further my studies in poly. Okay. So there was that side of things, like the work side, okay. and then on the social life side, um, and the family side, right? It's answering to your family members that okay, like sorry, you know, I'm not gonna go to a university now. Mm. I'm gonna go into a poly. And to my friends, um, 
I didn't even dare to tell them. Okay. I felt that it was so embarrassing. Um, I think it was those moments that I really shut myself. It was very deep, dark moments that I was like, I don't want to share this part of my life to people. And that's very normal because mm. we do want to share like the good parts of my life. Mm. And I think, um, you know, I was like closing up myself to all my friends. I only shared with like a few of my good friends. And then there I went, I began my journey in poly. Mm. In poly, um, some of them, um, some of the people that I met in poly, they were very shocked that mm. I was there. You know, it came to a point where when they ask you, oh, what school were you from? Because, you know, like, people yeah, usually yeah. were from secondary <laughs> school. Yeah. I was just like, Raffles. Because, like, I meant, like, you know, like, Raffles Secondary. Yeah. But actually, I it's, just came from JC. Yeah, but then I was like, ha, was it's okay. Raffles is also, like, Raffles JC, Raffles yeah. Secondary. I didn't want to tell them where I was from. Right, right. I didn't want to, to tell them what my journey was. Yeah. I was very um, apprehensive and I was also very defensive. Yeah. So when people were like, when they found out that I just came from JC, they were like, huh, don't lie. You know, yeah. like, are you sure? Like, I was like, you know, I did badly for my A's. Yeah. Then they're like, yeah, don't lie. Why are you here? We don't understand. Like, mm. So people didn't understand why I was there. Mm. And that just added to the entire, you know, like yeah, doubt. Yeah, I imagine it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. It, yeah. it definitely added to the whole process of like weighing myself down and weighing my value and my identity down. Okay. Um, <sighs> it okay. was, wow, I have to like breathe. <laughs> it was yeah. like, it's tough times remembering those moments because it was truly a moment. It was truly moments where I really questioned everything that yeah. was happening. Crazy, crazy. I, I think, yeah, I mean, really, really. Because the thing is, in the grand scheme of things, when you look back at it, even for myself, right, even taking an extra year to study isn't much yes. in the grand scheme of things. But yeah. because we are so conditioned, right, by pressure society, just a little diversion from the norm yes. becomes a huge thing. Yes. And it's so weird, but it's, it just becomes like this huge thing that we make up in our minds, right? Yeah. And even though you had opposing forces like your faith to counter that, imagine if someone does not have that. Yes. They'll probably crumble. A lot of people do crumble, actually. Definitely. Uh, and and it's yeah. So like, I mean, now I mean, that's why you shared it. Kind of the best of both worlds, right? But you know, then I mean, next next question, natural question is that like, how did that? Uh, how long were you in poly? I think one semester. And then how did you deal with that? Yeah. Um. So I was actually in poly for just a semester. Yeah. Um. Okay. I I mean, when I when I entered poly, my mindset was this. Okay. This is my path now. Mm. I have three years here. I'm going to make the most out of it. Okay. And I'm going to go into the local university of my choice. So I went in very driven as well. Um, I picked myself up and I was like, it's okay if your life looks different from everybody else because that's that has been the way for the past few years. Sure. You know, how my life has panned out was always different from everybody mm -hmm. else's. And I was like, okay. I picked myself out and I went in and... I mean, really, really thankfully, I actually got an interview from Nanyang Business School. Mm. Um, so that's actually currently where I'm studying at now, um, NTU. Business school wasn't my top choice. I always feared math. I always feared like, you know, like accounting and stuff like that. So it wasn't one of my top choices. Um, media was still my first choice. And so, but I really thank God because having having an opportunity from a local uni, at a point of time, I was like anything, you know, if anybody comes, I will take it. Mm. So I went for the interview. And um, so that interview was for discretionary admission. Mm. Um, so basically they see your portfolio, they see like yep. your resume. Um, mm. And when I went for the interview, they didn't even like 
talk about my grades. Okay. They looked at me as a person. And I left that interview almost in tears because I remembered how valued I felt. Wow. I remembered that, you know, your identity just wow. isn't just grades. Wow, I really, I really loved that the experience you just shared. Yes. Yeah. Um it was a roller coaster. Um, but I was so I was like, you know, if I get it, I'll be so thankful. And I, you know, I remember I got that call. I was like, no, yeah. I was so happy because I remember like for all the friends gatherings that I went to, yeah. whenever they asked me what I was doing then, you know, how's yeah, your yeah. internship at the Smart Local? I just like walked away from the conversation. Mm. I didn't even answer them because I didn't have the face and like the courage to tell them that I was in poly. Mm. But, you know, looking back now, it was really a journey of humility. It was a journey of like looking at how it was a journey of being able to say that, okay, mm-hmm. your life being different, your life stepping into uncharted waters and being unconventional is perfectly fine. Mm. You know, it's really how that willpower and that grit that you have in every moment and every season of your life that you give to every season of your life, you know, and I felt that, you know, in my time in poly, I did give that grit. And okay. looking back, you know, when I when I finally did get an offer from NBS and I went to uni, I was like, wow, I can't believe I just experienced all of that. Sure. Because now I get to tell people that, you know, I was from Polly, I was from JC. I got to experience yeah. the best of both worlds, guys. Yeah. Um, it's not something that it's normal. It's not something that you would expect out of someone. Definitely, there are definitely people who has gone through that. Um, but I think out of my peers and out of my social circle, um, it definitely was something that was more unconventional. And living up to those expectations of being conventional and fitting into a typical stereotype or typical mode of what a society deems of you, that was definitely something that I had to break out of. Yeah. Uh, can I just uh, uh, cut in and share, chime in a little bit here, right? But uh, you mentioned, because this, again, is on the topic of defining your own success and breaking free from societal pressures, right? Yeah. And you mentioned one core thing about humility. I think that it's very difficult in a society that prides itself on outcomes it's very difficult. But the funny thing enough is that for me, my journey as well, I got into this questionnaire as well. But just like you, right? I, I, this is just a hunch. Like, just like you, if I had just gone down the path and not gone to university, whatever path that I, I was comfortable, I accepted it already. Like, I'm not sure whether you accepted that you might have to go through poly for three years. Maybe, I, I feel that even if you had gone through that, you would still do well in your life. I, I think I, I still would have struggled yeah. because when I look at all my other peers, mm-hmm. You know, because like three years in poly, which yeah. means that when when I get into university, my peers would have graduated. Yeah. Right. So I think comparison is definitely an evil, mm. right? And even when I was in poly, you know, seeing all my friends post their acceptance letters, mm. you know, like, I mean, <laughs> from my batch mates, it's like going to Harvard, Harvard going yeah, to yeah, Oxford. Yeah. And then you're in Yeah, SP. it's downplaying yourself, yeah. downplaying your value just by mere grades, yeah, yeah. just by mere exams that you set through. And you know, like now I think to myself, how ridiculous. Yeah. At those, at that age of like 16, 18, mm. when grades are all the things that matters to you, you are so caught up in that world yeah, yeah. that you fail to see the beauty of the many things in life that, you know, has for you. Yeah. Yeah, humanity is a huge thing. Uh, wow, I wish I could really go in depth with you on this topic, right? But we don't have time. But definitely if you are someone pursuing a passion, right? you got to understand that judgment is going to come just by virtue of you doing something unconventional. Yeah. And you've got to have that grit and also the humility. We don't talk about this a lot. But to know that, hey, 
like it, it doesn't matter. Like I'm I'm okay being different, and I'm gonna put myself at a place where I'm because ego is actually is is one of the core reasons why we fight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ego is definitely a natural thing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that in certain moments, it's choosing to really humble yourself to that position and saying that, okay, I can do without my face. I can do without it and I can just push on. Moving on, moving on to uh, eventually going to now in in NTU, right? Um, Actually, I wanted to explore a bit of faith. Maybe let's take about three to five minutes to to talk about this, even even though this is a topic by itself. Uh, But... Uh, you mentioned a lot about your faith being a personal foundation and I did share earlier that even objectively, right, uh, looking at studies into faith because of social support, because of the assurance that someone's watching over you, it does help you to cope with certain struggles and give you an identity to lean on. But there's one article that I sent you recently, right? I think it was a professor at last IMH. Night. Oh, yeah, la. last night, la, last night. <laughs> uh, professor at IMH, right, talking about this example of a a boy whom his his parents were missionaries. He grew up with a very strong foundation. But for some reason, he just kind of diverted away from his faith. He questioned a lot. And that was very crippling for him. This possessed him of his personal foundation. And because of that, uh, tragically, even though he, he sought help, uh, the psychiatrist wasn't able to save his life and he took his own life at the end of it. Uh, so um, even though, you know, faith is something that really gives people very strong foundation, right? There is also a side we need to be watchful of. Uh, and I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, do you have situations knowing people who have questioned and and uh, how does that affect their resilience like, in those moments? The resilience of me or? Um, I would say people who maybe question and then they, uh, because of that, like in the example of the study, right? They become inept because whatever they used to rely on so strongly is no longer there. And they feel this really creeping loss of identity. Um, how would that, like, I was just wondering if that has ever, you've, I know it's a very uh, very deep question, but have you experienced that before? And personally, maybe, or even in the people that you, you help? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, it's a hard topic because mm-hmm. faith looks very different from everybody else. And for, for me as a Christian, I have that strong foundation because I am able to discover that for myself mm-hmm. that that you know the God that I believe in is real, mm-hmm. um, and definitely um, as a cell leader, I have met people whose whose faith has been challenged by um, you know in times of resilience. There definitely is doubt that creeps in because um, the concept, uh, I guess, is is the concept of of a of a living God is intangible, mm-hmm. right? Um, people aren't able to see with our eyes who God is, but we can feel his presence. Mm-hmm. We can feel um, you know, that the moments that really helps us to yeah. strengthen our faith as a Christian, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think when I meet these individuals who do lose their faith, sorry, the question is um, how... The question how, is how, what advice will you share with them? Especially when that's very crippling because, um, you know, when they, like you said, faith is on a spectrum, right? even within a particular religion, it does exist on a spectrum and people deal with challenges differently or if they have different uh, experiences. Um, how then will you advise someone? Because, I, I mean, we talked a lot about the value of faith. I don't deny that. Like, even listening to this, right, even if you're not a Christian or you have your own personal faith or you have kind of a belief in something that uh, keeps you grounded, I think that's one core principle in 
being resilient and of course pursuing your own path as well as, as in Jen's case. But I'm just, I just want to just really as a minor thing, just discuss what happens if, because a reason why is because people might say, oh, we're just being one-sided. What about the other side, right? And um, having a counter-argument makes for a good discussion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you say in essays. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, definitely just sharing from a Christian's point of view, like from my point of view, if like, I see that there are people that are struggling with the faith, mm. I will just try to journey with them. I think Christianity or religion in general is not something that I can impose on anybody, but they have to discover it for themselves. They have to realize that, okay, this is real and this is like what I want to anchor my life by. It's not something that I can tell people that, you know, like, Mm. Hey, you need to you need to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely um like over the years, I think it's really sharing about my life with people, sharing, okay, you know, like have who God is in my life and and then really joining with them, you know, like helping them to understand the different questions that they might have. Um, you know, it is a religion is definitely a complex um yeah, yeah, issue to talk about. Mm. Um everybody has their own opinions about it. But for me, my life and how you know it has been built up to this way, um, the different challenges that I actually went through and overcome it, it has to it all has to do with how God really put me out of it. And so I definitely stand very firm on the fact that, you know, Christianity is real to me. Mm. Yeah. And Definitely, you know, if you would like to talk more about it, I would be happy to talk to you more yeah, about my sure. journey. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, just drop Jen a DM on that, especially if, um, uh, like I said, we don't have time to really dive deep into this, but it is a very important topic, Definitely. like to own your own faith in a broader sense, because, um, of course, it can be faith in God, but it also can be that faith in, in like everybody lives by faith by default. They live by faith because when you go out there in the world, right, you face so many different things, and you need yeah. to have faith in something that keeps you going forward. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I think uh, for me, like as yeah. a Christian, like I recognize that purpose, mm. and I think that why in our lives, you know, mm. why we are certain do, why we are doing certain things, is something that will drive people, mm. right? And that purpose for me, um, a huge bulk of it, I uh, I contributed to my Christian religion, mm. um. It's, it is a is a main pushing factor that drives me in the why of things. You know, the different Sense. things that I do in my life, I do want to impact, I do want to influence the people around me. That's great. Uh, thanks for the discussion. I know it's uh, rare, especially religions are a taboo topic, but I, I strongly believe that like in respect, we can discuss issues like this and face it like, rather than kind of suppress it or yeah. run away from it. Um, so I hope that gives you some perspective. Uh, but moving on to talk about success as well as passion, uh, what does it mean? to define your own success? Yes. Okay. So I think success looks very different to everybody, right? In the lens of like um, someone who is chasing wealth, success might be, you know, landing like a good job. Success might be um, like buying a good house, a good car. Mm. Um, to me, success is just taking pride in the value of who I am, okay. being able to pursue the things that I love mm. and seeing that, okay, there is more. There yeah. is that potential in me and that is success to me actually. I think it's very simplistic. Mm. It might not be something like, whoa, but it's <laughs> just, it's just, yeah, like, you know, being able to own the things that I have, um, being able to look at it and saying like, hey, you know, I'm glad, I'm contented. Mm. I think success is also contentment. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to look like billion dollars, mm. but it can just be, you know, things that makes you smile at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's that it 
I can I can argue that that's ironic because you're very driven, but it is not actually because you need gratitude for where you are before you yeah, can progress. Definitely, like, I talk about that a lot as well. Striving for all you can while being grateful where you are. Um, how does one begin to do that, especially with so much pressure? Right? How does one begin to start defining their own success? Courage. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to not be afraid. You have to um be brave enough to feel like okay. I am okay if I do not fit into the the typical societal mode. You know, you have to be able to look at other people's opinions and be be open to those criticisms, you know, open to those feedbacks, but not allowing like those feedbacks to really define your value. Mm -hmm. Because your value is created by you yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's about the things that, you know, like thinking, really sitting down and think, okay, what are the things that I really want to chase? What are the things that I really want to pursue? And am I okay if if the societal pressures around me tell me that, okay, this this, this isn't what you should do? Mm -hmm. Are you able to put all of these pressures aside and say that, okay, you know what? Not today. I'm Mm -hmm. still going to step um i'm still going to put my best foot forward and i'm still going to do the things that i have set my mind to um i think for me that was something that really helped me as a person because after you know like the first stage really is recognizing that okay people are opposing you and that's normal mm-hmm. you know um but how you deal with those um criticisms how you deal with those setbacks you know like having bad a level results mm-hmm. those are setbacks and through each setback i told myself okay just focused on how you can get better. Mm. Um, I think when you are focused on pushing yourself to improve as a person instead of allowing yourself to remain in those failures and setbacks, but instead looking forward and seeing, hey, you know, I was here, but I want to be here. Mm. That's how you can then um, break out of that label as well. Got, got it. How does one, apart from what you shared, right? Is there any other way people can build their courage muscle? I think um, how you can build courage really is developing that optimism um, in the things that you are dealt with, right? So if you if you are if you are a pessimistic person and with every setback that you are given, you think like, okay, I'm not gonna make up make it out of it. That's that's how the mentality is going to carry through every situation. Mm-hmm. But if you tell yourself, okay, you know, this is a setback. Um, people deem me as a failure, but what is the one learning point that I can take out of this situation? What is one learning point that I can then improve from myself as mm-hmm. a person that can then carry me one step forward? Mm-hmm. I think that constant process of reflection as well, of thinking, you know, how can I be a better person? How can I improve? Um, that is something that really stuck with me. So reframing, like, we're really reframing your perspective. Like, yes, that's definitely. One call that, I talk about even in schools, right? Because nothing is meaning except the meaning you assign to it. Yeah. And the event itself is not the stress, it's your evaluation or interpretation of it. And really developing that learned optimism or good interpretation, evaluation of that stressor in front of you, it's very crucial in developing that courage to move forward. Yeah. I, but I would like to say that it doesn't come easily. Okay. Um, it, it really does come from like, you know, like having like everything being thrown in yeah. at, at your face and like nothing is going your way and you really sitting down and think, how can I go forward? Yeah. In those moments, I think in adversity tests us in those moments, we develop or we realize our capacity to be resilient. Yes, definitely. I yeah, think and I think move. resilience is something that is in everybody. We just yeah. have to discover that. I love that. Yeah. And that tenacity in fighting through the different things that life gives you is something that you have to discover for yourself. Nobody can tell you, hey, be courageous and you're automatically courageous. Mm-hmm. You have to find that strength, um, whether it's through your faith or whether it's um, through the different people in your life that is, um, that is supporting you and thinking, how can I get better and picking yourself up from there. 
Yeah, I think I think that was very powerful. Uh, if you're listening to this and maybe are going through certain struggles or challenges, right? Uh, a seed, I know it's easy for me to say, and uh, seed as, but I still will share it anyway, right? The both of us have gone through like uh, low times, like really low times where that courage is really being tested, right? But in those moments is where that fire is built. Uh. <laughs> it's those moments where that clarity is actually built. Yes. Uh, and th- when that, when you come out of that, right, it gives you this strong anchor and this wow, you, you get to the next level. Your mind yeah. shifts to a different dimension and what the pressures they used to affect you no longer affects you. Uh, that said, right, at every level, there's a depth. Every level, at every level, there's a depth to conquer. And at my level, at your level now, we also have yeah. constantly precious beauty to overcome. <laughs> yeah, there are still <laughs> a lot of setbacks that is lying ahead of yeah. me that I've yet to conquer. Yeah. Yes. But I want to share audience that, yeah, it's a journey. La, that every stage, you develop that small courage and build up along the way. And we hope that this perspective helps you. Uh, also, definitely seek support and uh, people that can help you because facilitated failure is important. Yeah. Not just on your own. Because there are people that give in to failure and then they go down the other path and that's quite sad. Okay, uh, last uh, segment of the podcast, we're going to talk about passion. Passion because, wow, you're such a passionate individual. Just hearing you speak in the last uh, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, right? I can really feel your essence and your passion. What advice will you give to youth, right? Who Okay, first of all, right? I think discovering passion, passion goes through different stages. First of all, you need to discover it. And we don't have time to talk about that. But, but if you want, you can listen to the episode, I think 40, Daryl, we talk about igniting your passion, how you can do that, how it's linked to purpose. You can go and check out Ikigai, which is a concept where you marry your practicality, your purpose, as well as uh, uh, what a society needs to kind of find that passion. But I want to talk more and delve into once you identify the passion, or I feel that innately people know what they're passionate about, how do they then begin to pursue it and how do they balance that with, say, pressures of practicality? Okay, I think in a, in a society like Singapore, yeah. being practical is important. Um, I have friends... Um, okay, so when I was in Raffles, I was yeah. in a sports class. So I have friends who are like full-time sportsmen, mm. right? And and them deciding to become like a full-time sportsman, right? That is like driv- solely driven by passion. Mm. I think in Singapore, it's also important to evaluate like the practical side of things because it is true that, you know... Um, Education is still a significant part um, and passion is, um, to a lot of people, you know, um, we're living in a time where people are still thinking that, you know, like passion will only get you like somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I would say um, to be able to really chase your passions, you have to take action steps, right? You can't just sit back and think like, okay, like, you know, um, if I, for example, if I, if I want to be an actress, like I just like wait for the acting jobs to come to Mm. me. No, you have to, you have to actively pursue these opportunities for yourself. You know, I, I would say something, um, something else that's very important is also networking with the correct people, mm. right? Um, if, for example, if you want to be a full-time professional sportsman, um, who are some people that you can connect with? Who are some people that can give you the advice in um, perhaps paths that they have already taken before? And so for me, I think um, I do I do attend a lot of like different like mentorship programs and stuff okay. like that to, so that I can have mentors that can actually walk through with me like, okay, you know, like how, how will like um, living your life in a certain way actually affect um, how you, how you want to things to turn out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so to, to kind of go uh, summarize that, it's uh, really about taking action. Uh, yes. And and not just like uh, sitting around. Uh, this is a funny joke that I thought of uh, when you were sharing, right? This person that told God, like, God, can you please help me to go somewhere in life? Help me to win the lottery. So like every week he was praying, praying, praying. And then uh, 
Oh, he died. La. He oh. died. <laughs> that, was, that was a big climax. He died. That's quite a funny climax. He died and then he went to heaven. And I was like, how come all this while I prayed and I asked for you to win, for me to win lottery and you did nothing. Then God said, at least buy a ticket. <sighs> yeah. I, I, okay, I mean, you cannot expect yeah, things yeah. to come to you. Sure. I think in everything that you do, um, have an action plan for it. You know, mm. um, for example... I think a very practical step is, for example, if you want to be um, like a content creator mm. and, you know, you want to like to spend your time, your full time on that, right? Like give yourself like three years, you know, do your best in those three years. And, and after those three years, evaluate like, where are you doing now? Like, how are you doing? And where are you at? Are you at where you envision yourself to be? Mm. And if you feel like that doesn't work out for you, then begin to reevaluate your choices and your goals once again, right? I think it's definitely a process of constant evaluation, constant reflection of like what um, you imagine your life to be, um, um, and definitely, you know, like not everything goes your way. So always reflect, you know, what are things that are keeping you alive at these points yeah. of time? Um, don't just be driven by the wealth and success of things. Don't just be driven by like the money side of things, but really see that, okay, you know, like, is this somewhere that I can envision myself doing something? Uh, is this somewhere that I can envision myself doing for the future? You mm. know, um, am I going to be happy? I think that's really the most important to me, happiness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I like how you mentioned three years. People might, might listen to that, huh, Jen, you're sure, no? Three years. The three months really cannot take it already. <sighs> but I love how you mentioned three years. Because it's the grid, right? Yeah, it is the grid. Because like, again, this is, um, we did an episode on when to quit, when to engage in grid. Y'all can listen to the episode on Mindset Hacks. If you're uh, really thinking about, okay, when do we push forward? When do we re I dedicated an episode just for that. So y'all can go and listen to that. But I think in general, the principle is that you got to build a small dream first. Yes. I learned this from Jay Shetty. You want to build a big dream first. Okay, you have a big dream, that's fine, but build a small dream first. And if you enjoy the small dream, you're, you're invigorated by it. And the results also show that you have some results, tangible results, and you evaluate that, then you can go for the bigger dream. Yes, uh, I fully agree. Right? And if not, if not, then okay, then reevaluate it and see if you want to pivot to something else. Like you need to have the humility to also accept that you need to pivot. Yeah, I think we all have to start somewhere. Mm. And... um our starting ground all looks different, right? Some people might just have more opportunities yeah. than others, but it's how you work for it as well. Yeah. Okay. I'll share more about your passion. So how do you apply that personally? Because you do content creation. You can check out uh, Jen's Instagram. It's very creative. She gets a lot of sponsors as well. <laughs> uh, so you're kind of like, a, uh, I call it a slash career, like interview with Vanessa, Vanessa Ho. I'm not yeah. sure you know you saw. Yeah. So she's someone that's also like pursuing multiple things at different times. She's an entrepreneur. She does content as well. So it kind of reminds me a bit of that. Um, what value do you see in doing multiple things and uh, pursuing those things? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, talk, just talk to me about that, like, why you do all those things. I think for me, um, passion is really ingrained in every single thing that I do. I do pride myself in being someone who is very passionate and I would like to give my best in everything that I commit myself to. Mm. Yeah, so I think in those moments where passion is the one that is like the driving factor, um, so it definitely means that failures will come at me, you mm. know, like there are, there are days where I'm absolutely drained from the man, the things that I'm um, handling, the things that I'm committed to, right? Yeah. Because being a full-time student and yet, you know, like yeah, yeah, balancing. Yeah, you're running around. Yeah. so many shoots. 
And then uh, doing assignments and then creating frames. <laughs> yeah, I think recognizing um, what drives you is important. And for me, um, time management is also something that's very key, right? Um, we all have that same 24 hours a day. So it's really how you choose to make use of it. It's what you make out of that day, right? Mm. Um, for me, I plan, you know, down to like the minute of what I'm going to do in that day. When I wake up, um, um, it's like, so it's like back to back, back to back, back to back, all the way. Like I even plan like, my like, lunch time, okay. like 30 minutes for my lunch time, then like incorporating maybe like a 15 minutes rest time. Okay. And then from then on, it's like all back to back. And okay. I see the value of how like a schedule actually pushes me to work for the things that I want. Because at it, um, in, every day when I wake up, I'm like, okay, you know, this is a to-do list I have to do. Um, and, I, and I want to check it off at the end of the day. I want to make sure that I've completed the things that I've set out to do. So, um, yeah, so definitely having like a checklist of like the different commitments and ensuring that you, know, you are giving your best in each commitment that you are you, that you are that you are setting yourself to. You know, because sometimes people they do spread themselves too thin, right? Mm. And they're like, okay, I'll commit to this, this, this. Ooh, sorry. She's so passionate. I do my stream also. How you carry on? Yeah, so like they commit themselves to many different things, but they don't like, they spread themselves like too thin. But right. for me, um, before I go to like each project meeting, for example, I am like, okay, I want to give my best in this. Um, for example, for the frames, for example, I also want to give like um, my best in my business. So I set aside time every day. Um, it's a balance of doing things that drains me, like studying, <laughs> and also doing things that fulfills me. Okay. So I think having that balance in your daily life, um, like for every, like let's say like three things that drains you, have one thing that fulfills you, mm -hmm. right? And that really like pushes you through the day because I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah. So- um, well, The way you say it's so sad, drains you. <laughs> okay, I mean, sorry, not sorry. I know, I know me, get what you mean, like, um, not as passionate in doing it. Yes, like. yes. Yeah. Because there are definitely things that are like, like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like for example, for us students, there yeah, are yeah. different things that we have to do that we might not definitely enjoy yeah so that that's what just works for me um so for example after like you know like three project meetings i'm like okay time to create some content for Kara's frames then i'll like you know like do some some, some social media designs i'll contact my customers i will like um do um do the designs for them or i'll like you know like think you know what is what should my next collection be yeah. um and also um another factor of it is how you push um push failure aside and and rebound from those failures, right? So I think definitely, you know, like being a freelance actress, um, so I'm not tied to any agency. So I have to um, find those opportunities for myself. And so rejection is very common. Like you can go for like 10 auditions and not get accepted for any. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of every rejection, right, I see it as an opportunity for growth. Right. So I, I look at I look at those rejections and I think back, okay, you know what are the things that I actually did poorly during the audition? What are the things that I could have improved on? And I with every experience, I learned how to push myself forward. I learned how to take it as an improvement to um really better myself as a person. Mm -hmm. Um and that is applicable for across everything, like whether sure. it's a job interview, sure. um, or perhaps a failure from an exam. Yeah, those are things that I pride myself. Uh, those are things that I adopt. Um, those mindsets of healthy reflection. Um, not putting yourself down like completely, but thinking, you know, hey, where is that space of growth for me? Where is that place where I can say like, okay, um, these are things that I can do better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you predicted my next question, uh, which is how do you deal with failure? Is there a specific mindset practice towards it? So I'm, I'm glad that you answered that because failure is a huge part of pursuing your passion yeah. and you got to feel forward in a very positive way. Yes. Uh, 
yeah, we are coming towards the end, but uh, I guess we can. I'll leave you some time to share a last message with them, but I want to talk about my frames again. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, his father's frames. Yeah, frames. my father frame, my father frame. So yes, um, you know, we talked to me a little bit about Kairos frames, how you began it. Uh, I know you shared a bit at the beginning, but maybe elaborate a little bit. The yes. mission behind it, what's the, what are the, some of the stories that people share with you when they actually get these frames? Right. I think the main concept of what inspires me behind these frames is love, joy, and hope. That's something that I really anchor myself by and it's that's that's a message that I want to spread to people, especially okay. with like my religion. Um that is also like the core beliefs of like my religion as a Christian, sure. right? So I think um being able to spread those joy through a medium that I'm passionate in, a medium that I know I, I love designing, I love creating handicraft gifts. Um, and then also being able to combine entrepreneurship. You know, I, I specialize in marketing. So being able to use like the marketing things that I have learned, um, yep. that I've applied um, through, that I've learned over the years, um, it's something that is is really exciting. Um, people might be like, how do you balance like being an entrepreneur yeah. while doing your studies? And I think it's really what drives me um, you know, like being able to create these frames and yes. also learning from like the setbacks of it because I think like it, it sounds very nice, you know, like being an entrepreneur and, but people might not see like the hardships of it. People might not see like, okay, you know, like with each complaint that I get, how how can I improve? Yeah. Um, and definitely, you know, like many, many mistakes that I have made that I have also been learning along the way. Um, I just started it last year at the end of the year. So I am still like rather fresh in, and new into it. But definitely entrepreneurship is something that I've always wanted to pursue as a young individual. Yep. Um, I've started like a blog shop, like blog shop, blog shops. Um, I've, uh, since secondary one, I was like selling like all the trendy stuff like hair chalks, arm candy, clothes, etc. But this is something that I really see the value in because when I hear of the stories of joy mm. when people you know like surprise their loved ones surprise um, yeah. for wedding proposals etc sure. um, video my dad later <laughs> it's my dad's birthday present uh, it's a frame of us when we were young and his favourite songs over there <laughs> So yeah, you'll be really surprised at this but sorry to cut you off yeah, yeah. it's okay Um, so I think that in Singapore we don't speak the words that we feel mm. Um, enough right we don't tell the people that we appreciate that we appreciate them enough mm -hmm. we don't tell the people that we love them enough right and I think this is really a medium to really encourage people you know speak up speak up for the daily moments that you have and cherish yeah. them um, really um, cherish the daily I, I think my my business like the the, the sorry Ita could you pass us the, the brown packet yeah yeah, so like if you can, if you look at like the sticker, it says for such a time as this, cherish each moment and make them count and everything is made beautiful in its time. So that's something that I really stick by because mm. I believe that we know with every setback that we are we have, we have face in life, there is that beauty in things and it's how we choose to look at it. So mm. I hope that, you know, these frames really serve as an encouragement as well as like a reminder and, the, and a declaration to each individual who receives it that, okay, you know, cherish the daily moments because there's so much beauty in life and that's what I really hope to see. Um, that's something that I really hope that, you know, like out of my daily life, how can I choose to seek the beautiful moments and be grat and show gratitude for those moments as well? Yeah. 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 I, see, uh, I, think, I think happiness, right, doesn't just lie in rewards but also making the journey rewarding. Yeah. Right? And definitely human interactions. Like for sure. Interacting with people, yeah. 100%. And it's not just in... Uh, 
it's not just in the targets, but also in the targets of our fascination. Yeah. And and I think this is something I strongly believe in as well. And that's why we're having this collaboration. I wanted to ask you to share our last message, but it feels as if we really shared it because the business is an extension of you. I think that's a really beautiful message. Though. And if you all want to uh, support... I want the last message. Huh? You I wanna, want the last... <laughs> let's go... Okay, 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 can, can, can. But before that, before we go to the last message, uh, yes, do check it out. Like I said, we're having a promotion. Every $30 you spend, you get $2 off. Uh, of course, if you're a millennial, you might, you might be, depending on your financial situation, do keep that in mind. But if let's say it's a, uh, you can afford it, it's uh, definitely value for money because uh, profits are actually very razor thin talking to Jen and uh, she really puts a lot of effort in creating this and for the effort she puts in, um, the cost behind it, I think it's a very value, affordable, uh, reasonable price. Yeah. So all you need to do is just go to my website. So it, you can just type tinyurl.com slash kairasframes. Okay. And then when you're making an order, when I contact you, just quote Kevin. <laughs> just quote like rebound. Oh yeah. Rebound RWR, with RWR, RWR. Come on with some hashtag. Like, hashtag yeah. RWR or something. Yeah. Right? yeah. Something like that. And yeah, just like yeah. quote it to me and I'll give you the discount. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out the logistics. We'll probably put it in the description. If you all need, I'll put it in the description below so that you all can do that. Uh, any questions, you can ask Jen. Yes. Okay, let's... Uh, enough of my egoistic face here. Let me put back this here. Uh, yes, last message you have. Yes, um, I think the last message that I really want to leave with all of you is to be the best version of yourself. And... How, you, how the best version of yourself looks like is very, very different for each individual. So don't be, don't let comparison catch up with you and, you know, like compare yourself with like everybody else around you. But look at yourself, your value, know your worth, know your identity and know how you can pick yourself up from it. Know how you can pick yourself up from each setback, how you can get better and how you can always be on that journey of learning, growing and improving. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Uh, with that, I guess we have come to the to the end of today's session. Yeah. Uh, stay resilient. I hope that this has provided you certain principles and inspiration to pursue your passions and to define your own success. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, do share with someone that can, can benefit them either on Instagram, you can share it through uh, stories, tag us, and let us know what you think. Or just share it personally, forward them, or you can ask them to scan the Spotify code. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm distracted. But yes, and uh, join us on Clubhouse as well if you're on Clubhouse. But it's called Rebound Resilience. Just search for Club and join. Uh, follow us on Spotify as well for shorter episodes if you're watching this on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So with that, stay resilient and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you.